This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <laughs> Let's get this shit show of a show on the go, shall we? Wherever you're in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Uh, basically, what is going on at Bradford City? So, Stan, Diane, I'll take it over to you guys if you could basically accept people and stuff. I'll listen in and I'll chirp in when I get in. So, Diane and Stan, over to you guys. Okay, cheers. Cheers, Tony. Um, do you want to go first, Diane, or do you want to give us your... Hey, so to you, I watched it with my dad okay. today. I watched it with my dad, and my dad was giving his opinion. Yes. In the first half, he said, we were letting them get too wide out on the wings. We weren't getting into them. You know, we weren't narrowing them down. Yep. And then he was going about the girls, defending the girls. There were no defenders there, which which I noticed as well. And I think, because my dad, my dad would just say, I'd have been doing this and I'd have been doing that. So, but it was crap in the first half, but I thought we did better in the better in the second half. Yeah. And so, what do you think was the uh, the reason then for the differences? I think they might have had a rocket up the bum in the second half, during the half time. Do you think the formation well, I, um, played a part in, in both the first half and the second half? Yeah, definitely. Because anybody know I took Bobby off? Was he injured? Yeah, or no, I, 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 think, I think if you look at what went on in the first half, I mean, Bobby, Bobby was, that one mistake aside, Bobby was one of the bright sparks going forward, but... The, it will, won't the, it? the trouble was, and the trouble is with four four two, and I wish people would put this to bed now. Nobody plays four four two, or hardly anyone plays four four two, and it was left exposed because there were there was a massive gap in in the midfield, basically, and out yeah. wide, and from full back to winger, and what they seem to have, they seem to have like. Um, 
like a back four, but almost like in their sort of forward line, they had like um, a player almost like in a in a kind of triumvirate between our um, wide men and and the fullback, and so yeah. they they were in those areas in between, and we I mean obviously I don't think we played well and we didn't close down well enough. Um, McGoldrick obviously seemed to have like a free role and he was very influential in their, um, in the way they played in terms of, yeah. you can see that he's a, a sort of, um, he's very much a team leader in that respect or very pivotal uh, in how they play. Um, and they seem to have this patient um, passing game where they would pass it around at the back and their fans didn't get on their backs no. um, and yeah I, I, w I would like to hope that that's the last we'll ever see of 442 um, because it, 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 what it does it kind of isolates and it, and it take it really took the wingers or, or Jamie Walker and Bobby out of the influence of the game um, I mean, obviously, they were a good side and, yeah. you know, they exploited. What the, the, the annoying thing for us was that they didn't, they obviously did, but they didn't seem to have to work too hard for their goals. They were basically, they were great goals, good shots. But, yeah. but, they, but we were basically just trying to, we were down on his asses almost and like uh, not closing down and, um, you know, a side that's obviously has quality players and you've got to do better. Yeah. They seem to, when we were, whether that's just down to the fact that maybe in a second half when we were actually getting some shots in, yeah, they were probably a little deeper because, you know, in your mind you've worn your four-nil up. We had something yeah. to prove in the second half, but they were there for the taking, or at least for a comeback in the second half, albeit they could have scored quite a few more in the first half. Yeah, I think we, that's what my dad was saying about that about our defenders. We weren't closing down. No, no, it wasn't just the defenders. But um, I'll um, sorry if I've misremembered your name. Is it uh, Scott from last night? Paisaros. Yeah, does he want to request? Yeah, do you want to um, do you want to uh, give your thoughts from a uh, county point of view? He's gone off. Uh, yeah, he might. He may be. He may come back in. Yeah, I'll keep an eye that, out. Uh, anyone else? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, hang on a second. I've got a request. Yep. Uh, Deezy, you can now uh, speak. Yes. Do you, what? What's your thoughts on the uh, on on the game? Well, uh, Deezy. well, it was certainly. Good evening, everybody. It was. Uh, Certainly a game of two halves, uh, in so much as we looked, when we changed it around at half-time, we looked like a different side, to be fair with you. Um, I just feel that I was stood with Labib, actually, at the game today, and I just said to him, I said, you know, Stubbs um, or Taylor, on their own, you, think you could probably get away with, but both of them are so flat-paced yeah. that, that, that together... We just look, we just look so vulnerable. To be, to be honest with you, I just don't think we can carry two, you know, lack of pace centre halves. I mean, look for me, everybody on that pitch today, the first half should be ashamed. Um, yeah, 
there, there was three players for me that, that I thought, uh, well, two, two and a half, let's just say. I thought Gilly was outstanding. I thought Bradders were outstanding. Uh, and, 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 and Walker did deliver something um, instead of just grafting. So, you know, but the game's lost, isn't it, at, at, at 4-0 down? You know, and should have been five. That, that one offside, I didn't think was offside, to be honest, where I was in the stand. But it, it's bad, guys, isn't it? You know, I'm I'm worried, to be honest. Yeah. Just just picking up on, on your point, said Deasy, I agree. And, and we were sort of saying that, to be fair, I don't think Kieran Kelly's done much wrong this season. Um, I mean, he has his limitations, but is he any, is he any worse than Stubbs? And he's, he's a natural left... Uh, footer, um, I, I would hope that today is a hundred percent indicator that Ash Taylor is not good enough, oh. and 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 I think what the, the for me it's all a game of two halves, but it was a game of two formations as well. Hundred yeah, percent. You know, like um, because if you look back to the, did you go to the Wickham game? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I watched it. But, didn't go. But but uh, for for me and what was potentially could have happened in the first half and and wasn't able to, but I agree with um, Gilly, Brad, and Jamie um, for for the game. I think, but in that game against Wickham, there, there was a triumvirate of of Brad, uh, Jamie, and uh, Bobby down that right hand side. They were just creating so many little triangles and overlaps, and and they were doing really really well. The result um, we were after, but how do you assess today? But, but that was like um, because the formation allowed that, you know, in terms of like having that kind of Jamie Moore in the central role. Yeah, um, I, I think I think I think for me today, you, you know, I, I had the benefit actually of seeing McGoldrick at, at Derby last year. My next on Ebbs a Shrewsbury fan, and we went to Derby away. And uh, for what he's lost in pace, he's not lost in mentality, touch, although. He made our centre ass look look slow, so that tells you something at thirty seven. Yeah, but but on that right side where where Bobby was, you know, Bobby looked to, for me. He's nineteen, you know. He yeah. looked, he looked he looked starstruck to me. <laughs> you know, you know what people what, what people said to me when I was playing football at a younger age is, is is you know the best form of offence is to is to hit them first, and we just gave the wrong man so much space. Yes, you know, it, 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 he's a league above at least. Uh, even at this age, and he's gone to his own town club. And it were almost like we were all waiting for his autograph at the end of the game. We gave him that much respect, to be honest with you. And I was a bit, it was a bit cringe to be... I mean, Bobby, in fairness to him, he's 19, so he's a young, young boy um, and, got, and has got a lot a lot to learn thrown in at the deep end. But but I, I just felt that we gave we gave him too much respect from the first whistle, in my opinion. And, and it's a confidence-driven game, isn't it? I just think our confidence is absolutely shot. Yes, uh, before I, before I come to you, Diana, I, I, I yeah. just want to say yeah, hundred um, percent. I think I think, but Bobby still had some good moments in the second, in the first half. Brilliant but, moments. Um, you know that little back heel to uh, the right wing, Brad. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and and he's got those sort of things that you can't coach. Um, and you know today wasn't his day, but I think that was more down to the the, the formation not suiting him, like not having somebody. Kind of closer into him, but um, uh, yeah. So go ahead, Diane. Anyway, what, yeah, what's... yeah. It's just about do you know what I was saying about in the first half. I've just read on Twitter that um, Gilead has been interviewed by Radio Leeds, and he said they need to apologise to the fans that were down there. 
for the first half. I, th- I think that I think that's a fair, a fair, a fair cop. To be honest with yeah. you, I mean the fans singing. You, you, I've not heard that for a long time. You're not fit to wear the shirt. Mm. I, I mean, I was, I was, I didn't sing it because I mean, I felt like it, but I just felt. I don't know. I, 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 I just hope that Graham's learnt today that you know two two, two people like um, Taylor and and um, Sam uh, Sam Stubbs. It can't work. We too we too we too slow. Take the take Smith, take um take the Irish boy Kelly and just give him the chance because it can't be any worse. Yeah. Than, than, yeah, than where we're at, it just it just can't. And then I don't know if you remember the second half. Ball comes over top. And Sam Stubbs, middle of nowhere, no one near him, tries to take a touch, gives the got the touch, yes. you know, like a donkey, and then puts us under pressure, and they should have yeah. scored. I don't, where is that coming from? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think there's probably a lot of things um, going on, and for whatever reason, the, the, there's a mentality within the players, and it's and it's kind of gone on for a while, and it's going to be all all in for Alexander to, to kind of change the mentality. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be rude either, guys, but, you know, what's happened to Lewis? A couple of times today, I mean, he did a couple of worldy saves, in fairness, and I am a Lewis yeah. fan. I think he's a great keeper. But his distribution his distribution has always been, all right, he fizzes it fairly hard, and I, any foot professional footballer to, who can control a ball at 40 mile an hour, six foot up in the air, and... and, and is a question mark in itself, but then they weren't even going in in in, in the pitch today. Yeah, I'm I mean, pressure. I, I, can, I, I been... can I can I can I can I say something, guys? I, no, please, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome to the. Uh, sorry, yeah, the yeah. Right, so, start again. I, I thought second half, you guys were terrific. You know, um, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm listening to you guys. And you, there's a lot of negative stuff coming out. I understand you got beat, and obviously, first half was. Was 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 what it was, but, but the second half, I thought you were terrific. And you know, if you had a decent centre forward who could put the ball in the back of the net, you, you'd have got a lot more goals. I mean, you know, we talked about last night. I said, if you had a guy who was up top who could score with his head, you'd have chances and score. And sure enough, that's how it panned out. It's just that your man Cook didn't hit the target. But if he hit the target, he'd have got a hat trick yesterday. You know, I think um, just to quickly come back on that, I think it's a confidence thing we've cooked this season because I mean he got thirty goals last year and he was just he's, he's you know he's like pretty much one chance one goal kind of thing so it's definitely he, he's a very much a confidence player. I think he's overweight again if I'm honest, guys, and I think he's injured. Yeah, but you take. Oh, is he still there? Or is he gone? I think he's gone. He's, he's, he's still down a speaker, so. Um... So, did anybody. Oh, sorry, chip, uh, chip in, but. Uh, did anyone notice at the end of the game a fan giving Andy yeah. Cook a bit of jip? Yeah. yeah, it was right in um, front of me. It was right in front of me. Do you know what got said there, bud? If, no, um, I don't. I don't. There, were, there was about three fans, all fairly big lads as well, actually, were, were proper, proper giving Cook it. And, and, and Cookie went sort of. He was clapping, 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 and then we're like, "What are you saying?" And sort of got a bit engaged, and then Smallwood came over and pulled him away. So I think it, I think it was um, two fifths of nothing because of the way in which Smallwood um, handled it, if that makes sense. But I think I think he would have come over, and I think I think Cookie would have bit at that point because you could see how he was lining it up in his body language. Mm. 
I also think as well, you could see that it, it, whatever was said had affected him. Like at that moment in time, he, yeah. he, his expression changed. And, and it was almost like, um, you know, very much as, as I was sort of saying to, uh, sorry, I think it's got the, uh, the Paisa Rus, um, yeah, the, yeah, that's right, yeah. um, that, um, he, he's very much like, uh, and, and I've sort of said it, I don't think he's been fit or, or been like, he looks, he's looked overweight, whether it's a shirt that's not doing him any favours, I don't know, but, but, <laughs> but like, if, if, if that's, uh, Cook from last season. He's very because he's got a hat trick today. But yeah, absolutely. Is it the positive that you were creating the chances in the first place? I mean, uh, I, yeah. I think I think when you come out four 0 down, your mentality changes at half time. If you four 0 up, and and you know, I completely agree with what you're saying. And thank you for coming on and, and painting some positivity. But as yeah. a City fan, you know, away at MK Dons for me was the start of us looking clueless. Um, yeah. And, and and you know you you can't you can't um, one hot day doesn't make a summer so you know I get we were better second half but this is systematic for me. But you've got a, but you've got a new manager, haven't you? And he changed it around second half. On his interview, he admitted he got it wrong in the first half. He was way too yeah, passive. And as, and as you said, McGoldrick is class. He's way above League Two. And we've got Crowley. We've got the man. And even though we didn't have Jody Jones, you know, and as I said. Is he still there as he disappeared? Does it, Mike? Wi-Fi connection? No, he's, I think he's. I think I think he's gone. He's gone. I think he's in and out. Uh, I think. I think in in response to that, I, I think yes. I mean, we did. We, you know, we did play well second half, and, and that's a case of you know, as I sort of said at the start, that um, you know, kind of when when you four 0 down, four 0 up, it's very hard to maintain that in the second half. And we we got a rocket. You know, probably at half time, um, so, and, and you've nothing to lose at that point. So where you were sat, Stan? Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, I probably can't repeat what I put on Facebook, but it involved lube. Uh, I said that. To me, I showed that to my dad. What, okay. what did your dad say about that situation? What I put up on Facebook? Uh, my dad laughed. I didn't and say thought, Yeah, because. I'll censor it, but on on Facebook I put on, on the lines of uh, has anybody got any lube? Because we're getting a right basically. <laughs> it was funny. It just made me laugh. So four 0 down. Did anyone like stand or sorry? I can't. Currently, I'm trying to uh, drive and multitask in a safe manner at the minute. But did anyone near you leave the ground? Anyone sat next to you? Or anything? Did they leave oh, the ground? Oh, yeah, I have loads go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah loads go. Yeah, entire two rows behind me left. And who's so? I'm gonna gonna move on if it's all right, guys and girls. So we're gonna move on now to like what's the general problem? Uh, I know we did a part one a while back ago, and I know it gets quite a lot of interest. So I thought I'd bring it back today. Just basically, if if anyone wants to chirp in, feel free. Just about issues at Bradford City. Whose fault is it? Who's to blame? And does anybody need to go? Can, can I just make a quick point on that, actually? Go for a I'd, I'd heard this week, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it is, that Graham Alexander, uh, uh, in the interview process, and indeed since taking the job, has not met or spoken to Rupp. Yeah, that were, on, uh, that were online. I saw it on if the TNA. If that's true, okay, a couple of things for me. That's a disgrace in that it shows... It shows 
is little interest or no interest in our football club. So that's my first point. The second point is, is that then it falls to Sparks to be the man that's making the decisions. And I hope he's got this one right, but it has to be right this time. Otherwise, you know, where, do, where does it where does it stop? Where does who carries the can? Do we just continually saying, well, we're a big club, we should be out of this league with our fan base, or do we actually look a bit deeper and say systematically something's going wrong? And you know, it's not for me to say I'm not calling Sparks. You know, it's it's, it's relish in some respects that you never please all the people all the time. But this is a results-driven business, guys. And we're not where we should be, irrespective of our fantastic fan base, which a lot of them are on here. Um, there's got to be wholesale changes in the club for me. The the 11 players, the squad of 23, 25, whatever, will we'll change in January with hopefully East coming back. And, you know, we've got to bring Young back in, in that clause in January, etc. But but I don't think that that stops at all. I think there's I think yeah. there's other problems in hand. That's that's and people will probably blow me down for that. But that's that's where I'm at. So when I was when I was in Agras having my lovely meal before we uh, just to drown my sorrows a little bit, I had to look at the league table. We're currently 19th in the league now. In my opinion, I know Sutton are going to get relegated. They definitely look like they're going to go down. But then it's going to be between I think Forest Green and Tramier. So I don't think we're going to get actually relegated this season I might be wrong but if we do we do it happens football matters but watching that game especially the first half every single one of them players apart from I think Bobby Point and he showed a bit of fight should basically have to go and refund the fans because it was just shocking I thought how we played in first half I, I, I lucky I didn't leave I stayed I thought I'll stay because I paid it I've come about an hour and 45 minutes brought my friend with me and I just thought I'm not leaving to see what happens and obviously too we fought back but and then the issue with Cookie at end but I think it's coming from the top and there was a bit of a thing about a small majority of fans saying sack the board but tell me if I'm wrong but by all accounts we don't actually have a board it's because we're associated I was going to say, Johnny, it, they, they, they can say sat the board if they can name them, but the fact that we don't have a board, then, you know, it's kind of, that that's that's pretty much, but sack the board, but, like, who's going to do the sacking? So, so say, for example, if Rupp is at fault, and, and let's just say that we're going to attribute bad intent on his part, and he thinks, right, well, I'm going to run look how I want to see you look. And he says, "No, I'm not going to sack the board." Then, then, then what? You know, he's kind of. Um, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, the, the, in fact, interestingly, so a very minor tangent, but it is relevant. I was listening to the podcast with Darren McAntony on the way down, yeah, and um, he was basically saying the last couple of years, you know, he's he's and he said it's it's taken him a while to sort of to come to this philosophy but it's like right okay this is the dna of the club this is what we're doing we're gonna we're gonna have young play we're gonna have young players we're gonna bring players through we're gonna sell them on we're gonna kind of be so they, they have a they have a model and it's like sod what anyone else is saying what this is so this is what we do and for the last five years what has happened is is we've we've assembled a squad it's not gone to plan. Then we brought a manager in who's got a different philosophy, but he hasn't got the players to basically implement his philosophy. And it's a mishmash, and there's there's no coherent 
philosophy or strategy within the club. Now that does stem from the top. So, you know, and that and that comes down to the managers you hire, but also sticking with the managers you, you hire because I think my my mate put it best, um, and, and most people will have uh, probably agreed to this to a certain extent. He says he's agreed with all the sacking, sorry, all the appointments, but hasn't agreed with all the sackings in terms of like, you know, you've actually got to kind of give it give it a chance to sort of actually work because otherwise, well, not otherwise, we are in this predicament because we're constantly chopping and changing and there's no continuity, there's no actually, well, you know, we've got this plan, so let's stick to this plan because otherwise th there's no point having a plan. I th I th mm. Good point. So is, it, is this not the Man United effect in so much as commercially the club's doing well? You know, next week we'll announce that we've got new hand dryers with a partner in ladies' toilets and a, probably a pool table in COP. I hope they get new hand dryers in toilets. <laughs> well, it's the coming. You, you heard it here first. But, you yeah. know, commer commer commercially, you know, I think, I think you know, Flamingo Land, whoever, everybody coming back, you know, we, commercially we're doing well. But, of course, that's not rolling into... You know that, that that's supposed to be revenue generation to roll into, you know, on the pitch decisions. And and for me, so commercially we're doing well, but of course we, that's not that's not on the pitch, is it? So it's a Man United effect for me. That's what we're suffering with at the moment. And I just had a quick look. We we've conceded twenty seven goals and scored twenty. So we can all say that you know Cookie's up there by himself and he's not a one it wonder. I get that. You know Smith for me. I don't know whether he's he's any cop. That's time will time will tell. But we conceded twenty seven goals, and that for me is Tyler and and and, and a combination of no pace with Tyler and Stubbs at the back. Also, as well, you know, sort of, um, and not to sort of pick on the lad, but just it's just pure facts, and it's just you know, it's like um, how many I, I looked to the other day, and and Harry Lewis was at fault for about seven or eight of those goals now if you take those into actually the Colchester one he got away with but like the, the actual games we've ended up kind of losing those games so and that's and that's and, and again I will re reiterate I think Harry's a great keeper but he's having an awful season and you know so we need to just basically you know if, if Colin Doyle is a player coach have him play in a few games give Harry a break um <laughs> There's a couple of things in there, and I agree with what you just said. The only thing I would say is that for every one that he's made mistake, he's probably made two to keep us in games. So his net contribution is a bit is a bit stronger. I agree with all that you've said, but 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 you know the likes of Stubbs and you know what they've done is you know made mistakes, and I don't think that they give us the net contribution that Lewis does. So for me, it's not not a, a like for like comparison. Well, um, I would say to that, sorry, uh, Deezy, but yeah, and, and the defence have been uh, uh, kind of responsible, like this, generally the centre-half pairings have been responsible for the other goals that we've conceded that have, have kind of like been a net negative. So, um, yes. and, and a keeper of Harry's level, you'd expect him to make good saves. You know, it's, it's, making, it's making saves in games that, you you kind of you're not busy and then you suddenly have to pull one out which Harry did so much of last season um, that he's not doing this season for for whatever reason and I think it's a mental thing um, and 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 how much is he analysing his game you, in the you, aftermath? You he made a good save today, I thought. He made yes, a couple of yeah. belters. 
Yeah, it did today because I watched it. Obviously, I had to watch it on telly, but I thought it made a couple of good saves today. It did. I'll tell you something where, and you touched on it a minute ago, I, I think there's a huge problem, is that Doyle's a good keeper, but he's not a League 2 keeper. He'll do all right in Pizza Cup, whatever, but he's not a League 2 keeper, in my opinion. And, you know, that actually, as you said a minute ago, causes a, a bigger and wider problem, is that there's no com- there's no competition for places. So Lewis knows he gets picked, irrespective of his performance, really, as does Cookie, and that's evident in him being overweight, you know, a bit injured. Um, so there's no competitiveness in, in, in the squad, so they know they're going to get picked. So I'm not saying that they don't want to win. I think they are winners. You know, somebody said, Labib said to me today, he said, individually, our defence, if you look at each of them individually, you'd say they're good league two players. They just can't play together. Do you think the morale is low? Oh, I think yeah. it's on its I mean, think it's on rock, I mean, rock bottom like the Titanic under the sea. Sunk. Sunk. Right, because speak, like, speaking to people like you do at the ground, I'm not going to name the, the person who I spoke to, but he told me a story, I don't know how true it is, uh, about, you know, you put, like, money in, they put money in to get, like, uh, dietary stuff at the club. So apparently that's gone up from, like, 90, 100 quid. But then apparently there's a certain player who's not putting the money in. He's refused to put money in, so he has to buy his own. Mm. I think I think overall, I mean, because we we can only go off of hearsay and conjecture mm. and and kind of make us our own kind of hypotheses about what's going on with the players. But I, I think in general, uh, aside, I think the players have gotten off lightly this season with regards to you know sort of their contributions to the way the season has gone. Um, and you know, fair play in the second half, they kind of took some responsibility. Um, but you know, th- things like dietary stuff, you know, it's like in this day and age, there's there's no excuse really for for players not not kind of um, having those things in place themselves, being being basically model professionals, because that's that's basically a, a pretty much a norm in these days, I would say. Um, and an, an interesting point, my mate said to me today, and, and I think that's a really good point. Is you know, sort of like Harry talked about how professional he is and, and, and stuff like that, and, and, and you know, he eats right, which I've no doubt is true. But then, how professional or how analytical? I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking this because are there other players in, in the side that do this as well? How analytical are they of their own game? So. You know, for example, I, the the goals that um, we conceded against Wickham, the second goal was poor defending. But I think the first one, Harry's body shape was all wrong. And it was something that, like, as a goalkeeper, you think, right, OK, so does he, is his footwork, does his footwork have to be better? Well, it does. But, in, in you know, in what way does his footwork improve his positioning in, in that instance? And... Is he doing that sort of analytical work with with Colin Doyle? I don't know. But, you know, I don't think there's any excuse in this day and age, like I say in general, for players to lack any knowledge of nutrition, uh, to want to kind of improve themselves. But then again, maybe they lead two players for a reason. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, guys? It's like we're saying there with Colin Doyle. I know he's a player coach, but do we need to bring someone who's better at coaching a goalkeeper? It's like, my argument is, like I said in past podcasts, 
about like new managers come in, they get staff. The same staff are probably still there from Derek Adams' time or Mark Hughes' time. And it's time to change the staff and change the mentality, tactics and formation of what they do on the training pitch. It's like with Doyle, he's probably a great player, but he might not be a good coach. Well, we, we don't know that, but you would assume that that's what um, Alexander will do. He'll, he'll have... He will like because obviously he's only had two games and he's and he's basically learning who he can trust and who he can't trust and what formation he can play and what he can't play. So I would imagine that it might be something down the line, but to a certain degree, I think maybe the manager has got to assess what he thinks of the goalkeeper coach. And I'm and I'm using the goalkeeper coach because it's it's probably the most obvious thing where you can analyze your game because the goalkeeper makes mistakes it leads to a goal, so you're constantly having to work on your game. So I don't know if outfield players do that as much. Maybe they do higher up. And maybe we don't have the resource, I don't know. So, like, uh, if anyone else wants to uh, come in or anything like that. Uh, So, as a fan, Stan, and Diane, and Daisy, and others, what do you think personally, needs to change at the club? Mm. I can go on that if you want. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm thinking. I, I think, I think there's, there's a couple of things. You know, the immediate, the immediate thought process for me is to let Graham do what is well, it's not choice. This is just common sense of what we've got to do. You've got to let Graham feel his way around the club and pick his players you know, 4-0 down, Taylor's off half-time. I hope that's the back of him, although I think he signed a couple of year deal or a year, I don't know. But I think we've got to get the on-pitch stuff sorted primarily and, and look to January. You know, is it the question is, have we got an allegation battle or are we, you know, have we given up on playoffs? I don't, I don't even want to think about that or answer that question myself yet. Um, but we've got to let Graham try and get around the players and give him a, just just a bit of time to try and change things there. You know, that that doesn't cure the systematic problems within the club for me. And and we haven't gotten any choice about what Rupp, Rupp does. But, you know, I've heard today, you know, sack the board, and I know there isn't a board, but, you know, it, it gives you a demonstration of how the fans are starting to turn, not against the manager, because you can change that all the time, and the same problems are prevalent. Um so there's two two answers. The answer, short term is get, let Graham get it right. Longer term, we've got to have new owners at some point, haven't we? Definitely need new owners. Definitely. And like you say about Graham, it needs to get round the club and learn the club. You got any thoughts on it, Dan? Hello, hello, hello. Um, oh. Yeah, um, like I said, when we we we, uh, we got Alexander, I always support the manager. I'll never not support the managers or the players. But the the CEO and upwards, it it needs a good old looking at now. I know we've you know the, the some fans have different differences of opinions, which is fair enough. But you know, look at the position that we're in. We're now in the same position we were ten years ago, basically bottom end of League Two. You know, not going anywhere anytime soon. I think there's a hell of a lot of rubbish in that in that squad to clear out, and most of them are on three year deals. You know, one one that goes under the radar, which annoys me, is Gent. Um, 
he signed a load of players, and to be honest, you know, he signed Oliver on what three-year deal, and he's played all of about four months for us in that time. It's just it's poor from top to bottom, and I just think until we change the way that the club is run, I don't think we will advance out of this league. I don't think we'll. I can't see any progression, which hurts because a lot of people seem to believe that we. You know, people that don't want the roping charge that we want failure. We don't want failure. I'd happy. To, I'd love to be proven wrong. Absolutely love it, but I can't see it. You know, there's no. You know, since we sacked Hughes, when was that? Anyone about eight weeks ago? So seven week. We've not heard anything. You know, we all knew we were going down a lot more before Hughes we got sacked. We've heard nothing from the owner. And yeah, I get the argument, you know, the Glazers and whatnot, they don't communicate with the fans, but we're not Man United, are we? We're Bradford City, we're a small team. Um, and I just think it sets us up for failure and it sets us up for conflict within the fan base as well. Because obviously you've got the people that don't want the owner to leave and they support him and then you've got the people that do. And I just think... At the moment, the fan base is as divided as I can ever remember it. The club is in an absolute mess, and there's just no, there's no way out because we're just doing the same week in week, you know, season in season out. We just get rid of a load of crap and then sign a load of crap again, and it's just like, how long can we continue doing this before inevitably, you know, we could end up like and. I'm sick of telling people this. We could end up like what Scunthorpe has. Just because we have a big ground and a big fan base does not mean that we will happen. You know, as... You never, you never know what's going to happen in football, no. do you? Like, look at Paul Scunthorpe, yeah. Berry, you know, Bolton... You know, teams. Reading. Look at how Reading are being run. Yeah, we're not that. But we could easily end up being that. And that's what annoys me, is we can end up being in that situation. Because if Rupp gets bored and wants to go back to his car race and decides to pull the plug, where do we leave? We're, what, 19th in League 2 with no ground, no training facilities, nothing, and he wants £10 million for us. You know, it, it's time to maybe not force the owner out. I would personally like that, but start asking questions. You know, we've got a supporters board, which is about as much use as a chocolate teapot and doesn't actually do anything for supporters except ask for pool tables in in, you know, it's not questions that should be asked. It's questions that we need asking. What's going on in the background? Where's the plan? You know, they came in this club asking. Yeah. You know, they came in the club. We've got a ten-year plan. Well, that's been an outstanding failure, aren't it? Because seven years in, we're in a worse position than what we were when they took over. That's what annoys me. We need to start asking questions. Forget the tennis balls on the pitch and crap like that. Because well, it's just that's just not going to happen, is it? But as fans, we now need to start asking questions on where we progress in the club because I can't see any progression in the next five years at all. So as fans, we all really need to work together then, don't we, for change? Change does not happen as yourself. You can't do it on your own. You need to stick together, be a team, work together and change. It's like, I know I've gone about it on uh, past podcasts, but there's a fantastic program, I think, on Amazon. Uh, and I think it's like Our Pompey or something out lines of that. And it's all about Portsmouth, the ownership, and then the fans taking over the club. And then 
the club came good and then they've sold it again, I think, to some American guys and the club's growing. So things need to change personally, I think, from the ownership and I think the only way we're going to do it is everybody working together instead of everybody doing bits and bobs on their own. I don't, I don't mind if I jump in again. Uh, that's never going to happen. You know, you look at um, our in a podcast, uh, not podcast, like a live stream with Around the Grounds, which is a Wednesday fan and how they're being run at the moment. You're always going to have people that back the board, and I get that, because no one's all, not, you know, no fan base is ever going to unitedly agree. But it's not about wanting the honour to go, wanting the honour to stay. It's about wanting the team to progress. And, you know, Sparks is really good as a, you know, uh, what's the word, commercial. But his footballing decisions, <laughs> you know, you don't need me to say seven managers in his appointments. It ain't fantastic, is it really? You know, it's it's more about moving together and asking questions in opposed to finger, uh, finger pointing at this point. Because the real prospect is, is that we're closer to relegation than promotion. And if we do go into the National League, we're, we're honestly, pardon the language, we're fucked. Because mm. we pay £500,000 a year rent and... We have a known that doesn't invest. If we dropped into the National League, we'd drop 7,000 season ticket. There's goes your budget. You know, for a known that doesn't want to invest, you, you can't be a self-sustainable club in the National League with no fans. If we went down, I honestly think that'd be the end of our club because I don't think we would be able to afford the astronomical costs that come with the ground and, you know, the players that we signed on three-year deals and inevitably... If we did go down sacking Alexander, which is on a three-year deal, you know, this is my point. You know, we we allow too many things to go unnoticed. We give Hughes a three-year deal, and he lasted a year. I said before Alexander got hired, I think he'll be gone before the end of the season. Mm. You know, that's two managers, six years of deals that I don't think we'll even get a year and a half, two years out of. So we've had uh, Steve Hamilton if I'm pronouncing that correctly, he's commented, it's not just Roop's communication, it's the club's overall, and it's a, about the club having plans that fans can get behind. The fans don't know if they're even a plan from, that's the problem. So it looks like there's a, the club are like, about to say, going back again, like where the communication from the club is non-existent. Uh, like I remember times where the club communicated quite a bit. Like the, I know their fans forums, we have them, but then it's a club in it. Like there's just the don't. It seems like they don't like to interact with fans anymore. And like it's hard to explain, but just like the club, I think need to get the communications back on track. And if anyone else wants to add anything, there's do do you get a email newsletter every week or something? Because I keep getting them. Yeah, I have signed up it. for that. Yeah, I, I've got that. I think the problem lies more is the supporters' body is supposed to be the supporters' voice. They're supposed to be the ones that go and ask the club the questions. And we don't get them questions. We get the same questions about the stairs behind the cop and pool tables and in you know the lounges. They're not questions that need to be asked. They need to be asking questions. Where is our club going to progress? Because at the moment, you know we. As a club, I don't think we have any identity at all. 
we change players every season. We change managers every season. You know, we've got an owner which is disinterested and a and a CEO which is far underqualified for the role that he's in. There's no identity in the club, and there's no there's no way. Well, this this is my view. There's no way of seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. If you get what I mean? Yeah. Because someone else, sorry, uh, let's find it again. Uh, someone's put, Jamie's put, what do you think of bringing a new CEO and moving Sparks to communicational director, what he's been good at? Any thoughts on that, guys, I guess? Might be a good idea. Be a good idea, but can we afford someone that's, you know, that's going to do a decent job? There's no point getting someone that's cheap because. Well, we already have somebody that's cheap. You know, we need somebody that has proper experience and that can progress us forward. Yeah. Um, the chap that was, um, I can't remember his name now, uh, used to be before these two took over. Someone like him, I can't remember his name for the life of me. I know you mean, uh, oh, you got to Burnley. I can't, I can't remember. David Baldwin. No, <clears throat> want David Baldwin. It was uh, oh, James Mason on Twitter as well. That's that's it, James Mason. You know, someone like him. You know, I don't expect we, we're going to sign somebody with you know bounds of experience from Man City, but we need someone that talks to the fans. You know, communicates with the fans. And another thing is communicates with the fans when shit gets hard as well. Because it's all right being there like Sparks was when we were doing good, but we need someone to come out and quell the unrest as well. Because I very much doubt that players don't read what's going on. I, I very much doubt they do probably read and they do see what's going on. And I just think the whole, you know, from the players to the fans to the, I think the whole, the club's just rotten. I think the players are at the lowest, the fans are fed up and. We haven't heard from an owner and a CEO that is just lost. I think, guys, if I could just very quickly, again, going back to the um, Dara McCampney podcast, um, with regards to what his thing is, is, is bringing in best in class in all departments. So best CEO that he can get, best manager, best um, academy manager, best uh, commercial manager and so on and, and we, we don't have that I mean in terms of first team managers we can all have an opinion and some work better than others This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com Visit to download your spaces today But it, but that does reflect in terms of we, we did have the guy who was the academy uh, coach or manager and, and sadly he passed away but you know but where else do we have these elements that are best in class and again going down to and, and I agree with pretty much what has been said by uh, pretty much almost everyone in terms of it, it does really stem from the top. And, um, you know, I, I I don't wish anyone kind of anything sort of negative, but I, I do think that perhaps um, Ryan's out of his depth. I, I mean, he, he may come on, somebody may sort of tell me something that he's doing that, does it, that disproves what I'm saying. Um but my view has been for I've said this for years is if I was an owner, the highest paid highest paid person within the organization, i.e. the football club. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus... Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Would be the CEO because that is where a lot of the decisions are made, and it's where the the if you like the DNA of the fans aside, it kind of um, constructed. It's, 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 it goes from there, and we don't have that. And um, yeah, and, and it's pretty much in agreement with with what has been said really in terms of. Um, it, it, it is lacking leadership, and I, I think over the, um, the the period where we didn't have any communications uh, after Hughes was sacked, you don't want them to just do it for the sake of it. But I think they could have probably saved themselves a little bit of hassle if, say, after one week, two weeks, saying, "Look, guys, you know, um, we're obviously looking at this. It's a big pool. We are trying to make the correct decision and do that a couple of times." It may have just avoided then suddenly, like, um, after a few weeks, it's like, oh, there's, the natives are restless, I better put out a, a communique, you know? And, and I think things like that, the the, the team, somebody like Ryan Sparks or whoever, should know that. Just you don't, have to, you don't have to give fans what they want in terms of don't fill them with platitudes, but just say, look, guys, bear with us. We're in this process, so we just want to keep you in the loop, but we can't tell you. And, and I'm sure most people would have accepted, well, at least they maybe, you know, at least informing us that they are doing something. I don't know what you guys think of that. So I'm going to go back to what Dan said and other people said about communication. It's like, I don't know if anyone remembers, but they did tweet out, I think, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but did someone did tweet it out as a reminder about safe standing. It's like, what's happened to that? That seems to have, like, disappeared on or behind main priorities and stuff. It's like nothing's been heard about it. It all goes back to money, though, doesn't it? It all goes back to the money that we don't have. And I think that's, you know, obviously safe standing. I don't, I don't know how much it's going to cost us. I can't imagine it's going to be 250 grand. I can imagine with all the, you know, applications, the changing, the seats, whatever. It ain't going to be cheap. You know, if Bradford City are making money, I we're not like, making money. Not like an eye follow and stuff. Like because we've got a fan base, aren't we? And the fan base is loyal to the team. Like especially when we're doing well, and our eye follow passes go through the roof. So a question to you then, Johnny: Where would you rather say it cost three hundred thousand? Would you rather that went on say standing, or would you rather that went on two good players? Two good Ooh. players. Without a doubt. Exactly. So, so in that respect, I think money has been kind of more sort of focused on on team matters, which I, 
any manager would want rather than safe standing where it's it's a it's a kind of a niche grievance if you like but going through like to the players and stuff uh, I know you've mentioned it before but uh, who have we actually bought physically this, um, this, uh, well like, we say uh, who have we actually paid money for I know it was it Ossid him who's at Hartlepool and then Timmy. he's gone on loan somewhere uh, Timmy Odessina did we pay for him? I don't know, but I mean that's a red herring no, we because we've we've basically to lure uh, Vidane Oliver out of uh, League One. We've paid, we've given him a three-year deal, and, and I'm sure at a handsome uh, wage as well. So I think I think um, transfer fees are a bit of a red herring because to get players in, you're gonna you're gonna pay the money. You, all the money's gonna go to the player rather than in a transfer fee. So. You either pay for the player or you give him a three year deal. That's that's why we can attract the likes of Walker, um, Oliver and the likes of Cookie, for example. That's why we give him a three year deal. But he's not been good though since he had his three year deal, has he? He's yeah, but that that's a that's a kind of a, a thing with a lot of our players. Like Walker is very, very disappointing in my eyes. What we saw of him when he were on loan from Hearts versus what he's been since he bought you know, since we bought him, you know, he's been half the player that he was, along with quite a few of the players that we do seem to buy like that. I, I would disagree with that, Dad. I think, I mean, he was out for half a season last season. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's been, alongside Bobby and Brad, the best, best of the best three, in the best three players this season, without a doubt for me. Um you know, uh, that that's my opinion, but, you know... I, I, I agree with that, but I'm saying in, in what he produced at Hearts and what he produced in the season that he was here on loan, you know, the half of the season that he was on loan, that's what I'm referring to. He's been the best out of the bunch, you know. And I just looked up, we did lose money. We didn't make any money last year. We lost 300,000. So, again, that's probably and that why paying, we... that was paying Derek Adams off. Yeah, which, I mean... So, so it's kind of going back to this, this identity and this kind of like having a stamp and, and, and but also sticking to a plan. It's like, yeah. you know, sort of like you've got Derek in, you, you've actually poached him from another club, and when, you know, when things are, I mean, I know that you don't really toxic, but this is this. Is, I, I think one of the things, my criticisms of Sparks, and I've said this, and I'll just repeat it for those who haven't heard this, or apologies if you have. But my biggest bugbear with Sparks, in, on the whole, is the fact that he's 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 listened to the fans to a certain degree, because he should have, you know, I, I'd have thought not so much. I'm a big Derek Adams fan, but we're in this situation again, and we're in this situation again with Hughes. We're in this situation where we've got the, the fourth manager in whatever it is in the space of a month, four or five weeks. The players don't have anything to go off. And so if it's gonna if this season's gonna fizzle out, then why not just have it with Hughes and kind of reset in the summer? Because it's like then you're gonna you know what I mean? You kind of you you you're twisting, you're twisting, you're twisting and just just stick for once. Because twisting hasn't worked up to now. It shows a weak a weak person, you know, as as a as an owner that has a fan base, you know, as a CEO that we have a fan base of let's just use fifteen thousand for the round number. You've got to be strong willed because you've got to say no. You can't just give the fans what they want. And I said it when Adams got sacked. It's stupid, 
You know, it was an absolute stupid decision. No matter how toxic it got, the club allowed it to get toxic. They allowed it to get toxic under Grayson, Boyer, Adams, Hughes. It'll happen under Alexander as well, no doubtably. We don't have that thing to say, no, we're in a bad turn of results. bit like when Parky, when we went through an absolute shit period with him. We went through that shit period, but then we came out the other side. But we never come out of the other side because Sparks isn't strong-willed. He just bows to the fans, which is, I am going to say the fans are at fault. But, you know, you need to... You need to step back and you need to put a bit of a backbone in and say, look, no, we're going to have to go through this. If in four games we've lost all four games, then fine, yeah, sack him, whatever. But it comes back to the thing of, look what Adam said in that, that podcast, that we're a big ground, big fan base in a small mentality run club. And that just proves that basically Sparks goes, well, I don't want to upset the natives and I don't want to upset the fans, so I'm just going to sack him and then wait six weeks to appoint a new manager and then we're in the same shit two games in we've lost two games and honestly I said this before Alexander I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we lost all six games on the bounce when his first appointment because swapping man you know this is Hughes' team this isn't Alexander's team and that's the problem you know it's like me going to work them sack, you know, sacking me and then going to take over another manage, you know, another manager's team. It, it's completely stupid. You know, I honestly think we'd have got through that spell with Hughes, and we'd have come out not shining. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think sacking Hughes has done anything good. I think we could have just kept him, and I think we'd have probably been in the same position we are now, but saved however much money we have sacking Hughes. Don't know if I'm wrong there. Anybody have a, a comment on that? So like you've said about Derek Adams, on about uh, I saw that statement on uh, the TNA. Basically, he's telling the truth, isn't he, really? We don't own our own ground. We don't even own our own tra- training facility. They were telling the truth yeah, about it all. Yeah, I mean, he's not said anything true, but I think also Spikes' response was very much... he. he He's he's played that wrong because he could have just said, um, you know, um, we wish Derek Adams all the best. But he's kind of said, well, this is like, you know, basically saying, well, it's making excuses for failure. But, well, you hired him. You've What what have you done, Ryan? He's, he's, he's bit, hasn't he? He's, he's bit at the, he's he's also, bit, at the bit. He, he's also set himself up because that that's one of the things that... His communication skills, he says things which come back to bite him on the arse. And it's like, mm. there's nobody in the club to sort of say, look, right, Ryan, um, basically, don't forget, whatever you put out, the internet never forgets. No. And you, you make a comment, that's basically going to come back and, and, and bite you in the arse. And so, I mean, Adams wasn't wrong. I, you know, I'm not saying that, but, you know, I, I just think it's kind of like... Um, Almost like, yeah, it, it, it seemed, let, let Adams be the petty one and you just say, well, you know, I've no comment or just wish him well and, and then just move on from it. And then you look better and, um, you know, then then it's not going to come back and, and, and basically 
to haunt you in future. So, do you know, do you know if he'd have just said, "Look, I'm not willing to make a comment on inciting in the club's business," you know, Adams just left. That's it. You know, fans wouldn't have thought. They might have thought, "Well, you know what, Adams is talking out of his ass." But since that, you know, uh, Sparks went out and bit at the bait that he left. Well, you know. Sparks loves making these one-lining statements. No mediocrity, we're leaner and meaner and blah, blah, whatever else he's made. They come back and, uh, like the other lads just said, they bite you on the ass, and fans won't forget. Fans will go through and try and find statements from six years ago. That's yeah. that's the mentality. You know, you've got to remain professional, and, and through it, did he remain professional? Basically, he went off on a rant on BBC Radio Leeds and made himself look like a prat, basically, didn't he? You know, you know, for, it's that no identity. You know, you've got a CEO which is basically arguing with an ex-manager, which is at Morecambe, which are uh, 15th league. You know, while we're sat six bottom, it just looks a bit pathetic, doesn't it, really? Do you know, I might be doing two and two and equally and five here. Like the saying I like to use, but with the club being quiet on like stuff, it's like, do you think change is happening? Do you think something may come out of the blue, or do you think it's just like just club being just being club? I don't Part know. Club. Uh, this is the whole thing of I don't know. In any other club, I'd say yeah, probably there's probably something going on in the background. But with us, with that quiet normally, I honestly don't know. You know. But I think I just read on Twitter. Sorry to divulge on the subject there, but okay, the, okay. this 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 arguing with players, I get that it's annoying and it's it's really pissing people off. But arguing with Osadebe, arguing with Cook, ain't gonna get them on side. You know, it ain't gonna get the. And I know I'm not. I hate saying it. It's not the fans' fault. But if you were doing shit at your job and then someone came and shouted at you, you'd feel like. You'd want well, I would. I'd want to punch him in the face. You know, mm. it's bigger than that. You know, they, you know, they only play for a club. They've been signed. You know, the the problem lies bigger that it's down to the owner, the CEO, and the recruitment and the manager. And I'm not blaming Alexander at all for the first two performances because he's been dealt a shit hand. And if he does anything with it, I'll be very impressed. But. The whole thing of, you know, you're not fit to wear the shirt, it, it sits a bit uneasy with me because I just mm. think if you're going to do that, then they're not going to play for you either. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it, it's a hard one because, yeah, people have the right to, you know, speak their opinion. We're paying fans, we're paying for it, you know, to watch. But I think fans need to look further up the tree now. You know, seven years in, you know, we're still play saying the players are shit. There's a reason why the players are shit because we can't afford anything decent. We're in League Two. We're trying to be self-sustainable, but there's only three clubs in the entire football league that are self-sustainable. One of them is Forest Green. One of them I don't know what it is. And us, Forest Green are bottom, and we're six bottom. It 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 sings a story of you can't be self-sustainable in modern-day football. You just can't. Yeah. Especially when you don't own your ground either. You know, we, we'd we yeah. probably be self-sustainable if we owned a football ground, but we don't. That's the problem. You know, we're not expecting Rupp to come in and go, 
I want you to spend £20 million on players. I just want him to give us a competitive budget and and personnel in the club that will allow that. Because we've got Gent, which is signed, in my eyes, a lot of crap. You yeah. know. I think, um, just to uh, reiterate what we said uh, has been said in previous weeks, and just in terms of Rupp's investment, we we kind of up to the um, the limit of what he can put in because of the FFP rules in terms of like commercially what you bring in, yeah. Then, then it can be matched or whatever. But so, but but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like we don't, you know, we don't have. I, I think from what somebody said the other week was interesting is the fact that as a club we kind of our model is based on um, getting a lot of fans in you know sort of uh, through the through the turnstiles through the season tickets which is obviously great and it's great the fact that they're affordable um, uh, season tickets etc but then then we kind of like almost letting the fans dictate the policy of, of what's going on at the club and so that's why I think you know um, somebody made the point, uh, and, and, it, and it makes sense to me why they've kind of like um, they've uh, twisted rather than stuck is the fact that I think well we can't lose five seven thousand fans for next season, so we better do something about it. Um, I, I mean, you know, change is needed at the club in terms of um, a higher up from like a, to actually have a vision and a plan I mean Notts County I think they um, as I understand it they, they've been relegated they've, they've gone through that but they've got owners in who have put a plan in place and, and you know they, they, they're reaping what they've sown um, and, and good 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 for them good on them you know for, for actually doing that because they've kind of um, They've had owners, whether it's owners and or CEO or, or, or a team at the top, who have got a vision, and uh, and obviously the club's interest at, at best interest at heart. I'm not saying that Stefan wouldn't have that because that's his investment. But Are you, um, Scott yeah, and, and I think it's from that, and you know, so I, I think ultimately that is what we are lacking is is basically um, a a plan that. You know, kind of um, is able to kind of be realised and, and also stuck with, uh, and, but with some thought behind it. But yes. in, in terms of the, the sustainability, I think, yeah, the model we have, and I think that's why you know the commercial department has 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 done really well in the last like year or two with regards to bringing in these, you know, what we call partners partnerships these days, um, and so. That's as you know, unless we get like a massive sponsorship deal, um, you know, that then can be matched if you like by the owner. Um, unfortunately, we, we kind of limited in that respect. And, and mm -hmm. I'm going off of um, uh, Liam, who's um, does the League 606 podcast. Um, and so you know, I'll, I'll take him at his word for that. So that kind of but that, that also makes sense as well, um, in that respect. So, so. Yeah, we, we kind of in a bit of a rock in a hard place, really, in, in that mm. sense. Are you still here, Scott? Ozzy, oh, Ozzy disappeared. No, no, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I've had a half listening. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else uh, want to uh, have a say? Um, Scott, the um, County Knots County fan, is there anything you want to uh, just kind can of. Can I just interrupt? I'm going to go. Do. 
yes, I'm going to have to go sit this well, but go on. Yeah, I'm going to have to go, so I will speak to you all later. Hey, Diane, love. Great to speak to you, Diane. You too, right. Speak to you later. Bye. You later. Bye. Right. So, Is there anything, Scott, that you uh, would like to say um, on the back of what's been said with regards to what's worked at your club? Are you still there, Scott? Can you hear us, Scott? I'll just jump in if he's having technical problems. Just another thing that I, it came to my mind just then. Yeah, go for it, Dan. I'll let you have last words. You know, when, um, you know when we talk about football, you talk about the love that you have for your club, yeah? Everybody has it. You know, you want to have that love between your club. That over the last, whatever, two or three seasons for me, it's, it's slowly going away. And I know people berate me for this one, but it's that love that it seemed that Wrexham have. You know, they have that owner that's out there talking with the fans. We don't have that. Even as a CEO, we had James Mason, which interacted with fans. You know, a bit like last season when we had, you know, that, that love between Lewis and the fans, you know, every game we'd go up after. It, we've just lost all that love and it goes with identity. You know, it's just annoying because you want to support your team, you want to support your, your football club, but, you know, it's getting harder and harder every week to drag yourself an hour, you know, on the train just to sit there and get disappointed. There's no, like... There's just no, pa you just don't feel passion in going to spot them because when that goal went in in what were 28 seconds, I just sat there and laughed. I, you know, I don't even get upset anymore when we get constantly because it's just an expectation. And I think, I know people, you know, going about the Disney dream. I'd love to have what Wrexham has. I, I don't care if people berate me for it. I'd love it. Absolutely love it. And anybody that's sitting here saying they wouldn't is talking out their ass because they'd absolutely lap it up if we were owned by Ryan Reynolds or someone of the same nature. And, you know, we need... We don't even need someone that has barrels of money. We just need someone that's passionate and they're passionate about the fans, they're passionate about the history of the club. And Rook just doesn't care quite frankly he just doesn't care enough to even say look we're in a shit position and we'll come through this you just don't have any of that and it's just you're gonna notice over the year because the season's dead and buried we ain't going up not a chance we could win every game we ain't going up you're gonna notice that that people are gonna do other things with the Saturday afternoons and not come and sit and watch us and what if 3,000 of them go, do you know what, I'm going to buy a season ticket next year? You lose that fan base. You know, we're going back and back. And it's just, it's just, it's hurtful as a fan. Because you sit there and think, the progress that we made over the last 10 years, you know, the cup runs, parquet, you know, even the season under McCall, we're just in the same dire situation we were 10 years ago. And I mean, I can't remember the days under... Um, Peter Taylor and whatnot, but correct me if I'm wrong for the older generation in it. Is it as bad as that yet? Is it getting as bad as that? So, if, like you're saying there, the the love 
I think for me, um, sorry, I'm just outside, I'm just kind of getting in the car, but I think probably what people would probably almost hate the worst is that feeling of indifference. It, mm. Like you said, that you actually don't care, that you laugh when the goal goes in, because it's almost inevitable. And um, it, it did happen under... Um, when, when McCall was sacked by uh, Rahic... And then things started to go downhill very quickly. Um, it was almost like it's not so much the um, the fact that you were losing games. It was the fact that um, I mean, in that season when you know sort of Grayson came in, it was the fact that people didn't care, that you weren't bothered, and and like you're almost going to the games. Um, you were going to the games, and it was just like, well, I've got and. You didn't have like that feeling of, um, oh, I'm looking forward to the passion. Yeah, just looking forward to the game, looking forward to like, um, you know, kind of where there's actually something to play for because you know that you don't care enough whether they, they win or lose, and, and that is the danger at the moment. But you know, um, and it's not blind optimism because I'm not saying, but I suppose all we can do is just. See how things go with um, Graham Alexander, and mm. oh, I think we've I think I think lost him. Gone. So I know we've got a couple of Wrexham fans joined. Uh, so I just want to get like before we go, I'll give it another ten, fifteen minutes before we go. If any Wrexham fans want to come in and just say like how your club's changed over the the last two or three years, uh, if Stace or the ledge down at the bottom there wants to come and have a chat, because with Bradford City now, I know you're saying there that your love of the game going, that should never happen. Your love, yeah, and your love of the team should never go. It's not that I'll never stop supporting us. You know, I was born a City fan, I'll die a City fan, but. You know, in a way, I think the hatred towards Wrexham is because of the jealousy towards them, yeah. because of that engagement between the Rona and the fans. You know, there's a lot of clubs which would dream of having that, apart from the mind-numbingly wealth that he is, you know, worth. As fans, that's what you hope for. You hope for a good owner, you know, you know, I don't care if he spends whatever. You just want an owner or a CEO or anyone in the club, you know, to be to be interacting with the fans. We don't have that. You know, it just feels like I look at Bradford City and just think a corporate business. That's all I think of. I just think of a corporate corporate name that wants to get his money back, and once he's got his money back, he'll piss off and forget all about it. Yeah, cause you know. It's like coming back today from the game, I was fed up, I was like, I'm never going to go to the game again. But then I've got other... Oh, uh, Stace is... So, like, we've, uh, I know you've been, well, you just joined, but run about the club and stuff, and I know you've currently, in the last three years or so, had a new owner. So what's it like to have, like, Ryan Reynolds as your owner of the club and actually pumping money into the club? I think to put it in simple terms is when you've got owners that care about the community, the people as much as what our owners do, that's what makes a huge difference. Because like watching the Wrexham documentary, I know like your owners have 
gone right to the heart of the community and the making like an impact in the community. So like what like if you could give Bradford City some advice, what would it be? Just stick by a club, just like we have. We've had really awful times um, to the point fans put up their mortgages on their home just to save our club. It was awful, really, really bad time. Um, and then, you know, we're blessed with great owners now that care about us as people. Yeah, of course, they want an investment as well. You know, they're businessmen at the end of the day. But they put us first as well. And that's so important. But sorry to the, sorry, go the on. only advice I would give is just stick by your club because eventually things will get better. That's all I can all I can say because you know years ago we were thinking it will never get better, it's always gonna be shit. But we still turned up, supported our club, the diehard fans, and well look what's happened for us now. It's it's just yeah we lost today we lost two 0 today but we're all still happy even though we've lost because we know we're go we're going somewhere now that's what it's about isn't it? The the thing that I'll add about that is obviously a bit before my time because I'd have been one. You know this happened. Uh, did this happen when we nearly went out of the league in two thousand after the Premier League? Um, if anyone would correct me on that if I'm talking out my ass. but it has happened before where fans have had to you know buy the club out you know save the club from going under you know we just seem to have that bad luck and I think you know like my dad my dad's been going what 40 odd years he had been to a game in six games because he just he's just not interested and I think that's when if you lose your core you, you lose your core supporters You've just you, you've you're done in, aren't you? You've lost your core supporters. You've lost the interest. Is it like it's, when we had uh, Derek Adams? Down? No, uh, no, 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 no. No, I'm like, on about um, in 2000 when we spent far too much money and nearly went under. That's what I'm on about. You know, does it feel that we're in that same situation where you know if we go out of the league, is that us? Is it good night, Bradford? Because you know, we've got fans that are just not interested. Who's going to put up money for a club that's, you know, in the National League if we did go down? I don't think that, personally we'll go down, though. No, I don't think we will, because I think these, these poorer teams in the league, Forest Green and Sutton, thankfully, you know, thankfully we've got teams in the league which are worse than us. But my point still stands is don't rule it out, because it can happen. You know, every, all Scunfort fans went, it will happen to us. And guess what? Oh, it did. You know, oh. Rochdale and Oldham fans, they all said, oh, it will happen to us. And guess what? <laughs> it did. Yeah. You know, just because we've got a big fan base and a big ground doesn't mean it won't happen. And that's the thing that concerns me. We're a little bit big-headed in terms of it will happen to us. You know, we'll stay up. We might, but we might not either. You know, we've got to we've got to be airing on that caution of side of if it does happen, what the hell's gonna happen? Because if we went down, theoretically speaking, just if we went down, 
I don't mm-hmm. think we will, but if we did, could you see us going straight back up? League, National League's hard to get out of, though. And, like, I know, uh, like, stays with Wrexham in Notts County. Only two teams go up, don't they? And then, but the yeah. top team goes up, but then is it it's second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh going to, like, a playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. It's worth you know, It's horrible, isn't look it? look at... When Chesterfield went down seasons ago, they used to be in league. They're, they're top, admittedly, at the moment, but it's took them years to get back there. Rochdale, Oldham, Southend, all football league teams, all gone down. They're in mid-table. You know, I think we would really struggle. I, it reminds me of Yeovil, with the way that they capitulated from the championship and just dropped. It just reminds me of some... They've got a $10,000, $11,000 seat and they fill it. It just reminds me that just because you've got a big ground and a big fan base doesn't mean that we could fall through the leagues because we honestly could. With the way that we're misrun, it just concerns that it could happen. And if it did happen, you know... Everybody said when we went down to League 2, we'd go straight back up. And guess what? We haven't. We've been in here five, six seasons now. No, five. It ain't as easy as people make out. And honestly, it's all about the the direction. Wrexham have that direction of they're going up. You know, I honestly think we could stay in League 2 and Wrexham could be in the championship by the time we even get close to getting promoted out of this league because we have no direction. Notts County as well. It, it's just... They've got owners who like to spend money though, aren't they? Uh, it, it, even that, it's the, yeah. it, it's the direction. You know, even, you know, they've, they've got money, don't get me wrong, and maybe that problem with Wrexham will happen because they signed a lot of people on three-year deals when there were no wage limit, maybe that problem will come in three seasons when the deals run out. I'm not too sure on their signings. But these teams like Stockport, Notts County, Wrexham, that all have direction. Mm. And at the moment, you know, I can't see that. You know, Stockport finished... Did they finish below or above us last year? Above us, didn't they? Yeah, I think stock. Oh no, yeah, because we finished. Didn't we finished like fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth. I think they finished above us. They're top. You know, Salford haven't got off to a, a cracking start. They're fifteenth, but I think it'll come good for Salford in the end. Us and Donny, both run by owners that don't care, and both in an absolute shit situation near the bottom of the league. Mm. You know, it's just. I think. The only thing we can do is wait, and I think around Christmas you'll know if we are deeply in trouble. Um, but it's just, it's one of them that you're screwed if you do, you're screwed if you don't. You know, you jump the gun too fast, you're screwed. You jump the gun too early, you know. Uh, you just jump the gun too late, you're screwed again. Um, but I honestly, I, I don't know. It's just a bit of the moment where, like, you know, what you advise, what you do, because I, I, I don't even know. Mm. Have you got any last words, Stan? Or are you still away? Uh, Stace, have you got any last words? 
No, I wasn't expecting to speak, so thanks. Uh, right, no problem. Danny, you got any last words? Just thought we win against Aki Stanley because I tell you what, if we don't, oh, it's going to turn nasty in that ground on, on Saturday. It really will. It'll turn nasty and it'll turn real nasty because everyone's getting a bit pissed off now. Uh, no, Bradford City fans independent has joined Steve. If you've got anything you want to say, bud, feel free for the last five or ten minutes. Uh, just get your. I know you've joined in the past. Just want to get your thoughts again on the situation and uh, basically to see what you do. If you fancy speaking, I've sent you an invite to speak. So if you feel like speaking, you can have a chat if you like. Out of question. Who've we got next? We've got Aki Stanley, Forest Green, Salford, Gillingham, Doncaster, and Morecambe to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. How many? Uh, and Stockport. God, that's a shame season. How many points can you see? Because I can only see three or four points coming out of them. If we get rid of the players in January, I think we'll do well. But I'm going to pass on to, I think his name's Steve, if I remember says me correctly. If you want to speak, Steve, and just see what you do again and just introduce people to yourself. Hi, good evening, Johnny. Uh, I just came on to listen, really. Um, we're still trying to uh, organise spaces and, and things like that, and obviously I'm pretty gutted after today's uh, result, although it was expected. Um, I've already been listening um, through through my own personal profile earlier. Uh, what I will say is we formed a, an independent uh, fans group um, simply because um, we get kind of various different people saying to us um, they've lost a little bit of faith in the supporters board and, and things like that. I, I don't really want to dwell on those things. But effectively, we wanted to try and form something that would be... Its whole goal was to wholly represent the supporters base of Bradford City Football Club. We're all fans. We all love the club. Um, some more than others at the moment, because I think quite a few fans are a bit disillusioned. Um, and um, uh, and so that's what we're trying to do. Um, but today, I, f- I think I've seen a whole new level of toxicity across the hashtag. I think there's some very upset people. Uh, uh, what I will say is where Rupp's concerned, it's, it's a very tricky one. Simply because, you know, if he pulls the plug, you know, it could be it could be quite dangerous territory. Um, I think somebody earlier was speaking about if we dropped into non-league, um, it might finish the club. I have to agree with that with the financial outlay in terms of the, the stadium, etc. It would be very, very difficult. So, you know, you're in this kind of vicious circle where there is... Uh, Many fans wanting to kind of protest by reducing their spending to the club, which would, I think, then have a knock-on effect in terms of financial stability. Um, but then on the other flip side of that is what what can we do as a fan, as fan base to effect change? And this is the kind of difficult question at the moment for all of us who follow Bradford City and have followed them for many years. And that is that, you know, we want... You know, a big percentage of the the, the the fan base wants some change. We would probably say at this moment in time that there are some fundamental problems structurally with the club. Um, I think Ryan Sparks has he's hired David Longo as a commercial director and done 
uh, you know, and he's done a very, very good job commercially. I think we're in the best position we've been in for some time. We are self-sufficient as a club. Um, but the, the reality is, is that, you know, on-field progression has declined from seven years ago when Rupp um, bought the club. And there has to be some reasons for that. And there also has to be some reasons why managers have uh, have had f- faced significant challenge when they've come to our club. Um, so, you know, we've got a situation at the moment where a very large supporter base is divided on quite a few things, is frustrated. And to echo somebody else who, who was speaking earlier, and forgive me, I- I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was who made the point, but communication from the club, you know, whether we like it or not, has dipped significantly. And I think I said this last week, Johnny, that, you know, you know, we did have the era of James Mason who would engage with fans, etc., respectfully, um, even through good and bad. Dave Baldwin was another one who would quite happily speak to people. Um, and Ryan, you know, I, you know, I completely kind of get from his point of view, you know, the man doesn't deserve to be threatened or slagged off or anything like that. People should be respectful with him. But I think the turning point was he came off Twitter and he came off his social platforms and then nothing. And I think the club admin on social media does their best, but the reality is, is that frustration has just grown and grown and grown because there is really what, from what I can see, no real plan or doesn't seem to be any substance of a plan. Our recruitment, I think the last two windows has been, has been poor. Um, I think that we've then outlaid kind of compensation payments when we fired managers, which has not helped us. And, you know, some would argue, well, you know, the reality is, is they weren't performing. Um, and, and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but again, those compensatory payments for, you know, people, uh, managers leaving their positions has a knock-on effect in terms of our budget. Um, but then, you know, we've got now people writing to us and, and commenting on posts, you know, talking about Stephen Gent. And I, th- I think that some of that criticism is is deserved, really, in, in the basis of the signings that have been made. I think from the last window, Pattinson probably was the only one who who you know fans felt there was a, a decent signing um and then some of the loans that we've taken have not really made any sense we've not really done anything with them so what's the point of paying budget out each week for those so you know f- from our point of view uh, we're going to try and organize the space we've been trying to do it but it's just getting schedules aligned and I'm, i think johnny we're going to try and do something i know i'm going to try and do something with adam williams um but effectively, we're, we're trying. We want to try and get something or build something with other fans. You know, you know, we, you know, we, we're not saying we're going to just become this group that's faceless, etc. Fans should be part of what we're trying to do, and we want to try and then get you know or become the voice from the fan base back to the club, so that we because you know at this moment in time, there's really nobody effectively challenging them. The supporters board, you know, have tried to do a good job, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is right now, me as a fan, I want the supporters board to be challenging the club and and asking them difficult questions. You know, why have we, um, why have we declined on field 
as heavily as we have over the last seven years? What has changed? Why are managers basically kind of uh, not acclimatising to what we have to offer? The, 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 the questions go on and on. And I think at this moment in time, Ryan, you know, He's doing his best to try and, you know, kind of keep the club going. He's made decisions. He has to make those decisions. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, when the going gets tough, he's nowhere to be seen. We've not heard anything, really anything that would help the, um, the, the you know, the fans to basically understand and get behind for, for quite a long time. And we want to request, and you know, we we may, and if anybody from the club is listening to this, or will listen back to it. We would want uh, to request formally that the club starts to look at uh, providing, as a matter of urgency, a fans forum for um, for fans to attend respectfully, but to ask the questions and get answers uh, that they need. Because I think the longer that it goes on with the fan base not hearing anything of any substance and speculating i think the greater the toxicity becomes um and and it's not going to go away and so if mr sparks thinks that it's going to be a case of if he hides long enough it'll go away i don't think it will and i think it's getting progressively worse um from fans as we move forward so i think that you know they have to be brave put their big boy pants on get a fans forum officially and let the let the basically fans come along respectfully hope you know kind of minimize numbers whatever you need to do but i think that fans have a right to ask questions when they're the biggest stakeholder in the club we are the people that spend our money on tickets, on merchandise, on food, on the concourse, on drink. And I think that we have a right to actually ask those questions in terms of the progression and the direction of the club as we move forward. Um, but anybody wants to join um, our membership, it's free. You know, you just literally go to our website um, and uh, you can find that on our Twitter. Come and follow us on Twitter, play a part. We're, we're, we literally, you know, we ran a poll the other week. We were very respectful to, to, to fans who took the time to comment on, on the poll. We know that we can't please everybody, but we'll always basically kind of respect their kind of view and we'll try to answer accordingly. There is no magic ball here. We haven't got all the answers. We don't know, you know, we, we, we don't know really what's going on in the club because, you know, we can't seem to get any answers out of the, uh, of the club at the moment. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think something has to change and Bantam progressivism has to come back and we need to basically move forward as a club. But to, to do that, you need fans and club united um, for the greater good. Yep. Uh, so I just have to click that a minute, two seconds. Right. So I want to say thank you for everybody for joining today. And uh, this also is a couple of podcasts we've been doing on Bradford City Up the Chickens on Spotify and Apple Music. And also on Facebook on Bradford City Up the Chickens. And finally on YouTube, uh, Brace Hodge one on YouTube. So thanks everybody again for coming, wherever you're in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good... The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. 
no matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.